Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Cody Jansen with you on Oilers Now. It is 133 in Edmonton. Reminder, the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza has been Edmonton and owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffert recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. Just before we went to break, the trivia question, and it pertained to on the state and Oilers history going back two years. The Oilers lost at home 6-3 to Tampa Bay. Uh, they had a five-game homestand. They lost the first two games on the homestand. And I asked, how many games did Edmonton win out of that five-game homestand? This after Ken Hitchcock started 9-2-2 two and two as head coach of the Oilers. Unfortunately, they didn't win one. And that was the turning point in the season. Uh, after, there were a couple turning points that year. That was a tough year on a bunch of different fronts. Uh, 2018-19, Hitch started 9-2-2. Two and two. The Oilers dropped five straight home games, and uh, they never really got the ship righted again. And uh, unfortunately, I uh, missed the playoffs, and uh, we got to a play. Pete Chiarelli lost his job as general manager. Hitch was in on an interim basis, and Ken Holland was brought in to be general manager and hired Dave Tippett. Alex knew that the Oilers did not win a game on that homestand. Well, uh, lots of questions pertaining to the NHL's return to play specific to cap issues. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner today for touchback safety, stay safe in the job while saving time and money with the all-new blended learning courses from Touchback Safety. Discover your safety training solutions today at touchbacksafety.com. This guy has uh, become a bit of an expert in cap-related issues and uh, salary cap topics and those sort of things from Puckpedia. Hart Levine, he certainly knows the numbers, and he joins us right now. Hart, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, happy holidays. Uh, well, uh, and I know you've put out, we're just about to tweet out what you sent me earlier today. You guys did a, a, a bit of sort of a, I don't know how what I would term it, sort of a summarization of the rules and transition rules for 2021. Um, so let's, let's, let's just get right to it. There's some, all the key dates are uh, listed. Are, are, first of all, are you surprised that they were able to get things sort of uh, worked out and, 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 and carried forward here for the potential of a return to play? given the challenges that they had? No, I'm not surprised. I, I thought the biggest issue was financial, um, and we, we talked about this before, about maybe more deferral or more escrow. Once the NHL decided to leave that, I, it didn't seem difficult to kind of work out the, the scheduling and prorating and things like that. It's just more logistics to kind of work through. So um, I think once I got over that hurdle, you know, not a surprise that we're here. We have 116 days in the season instead of 186. How does that change the complexion of maybe the deployment of moving players up and potentially down, especially since we could have a, a five and or six person uh, taxi squad. Yeah, that that to me is the biggest uh, impact of the shortened season. So basically, it just makes every day of the season worth more, obviously, if you have 116 versus normally 186. And the way that the cap calculations work is that the, the seller cap, every day there's a snapshot of who's on the roster. And for every player that's on the roster, they have one day of that uh, of their annual cap hit charge. So um, when there's a trade, if a player comes in on day 30, then that cap hit gets charged from day 30 on. So by having uh, the days worth more, it actually has a bigger impact when you do things during the season. So, for example, um, you know, we've seen in the past uh, teams send players down uh, on off days to save a little bit of cap space. If a team were to do that now, each day that they do that is actually, like, worth more. They'll get more bang for their buck by doing that. So just a kind of quick example, and we'll we'll spare the listeners all the detailed math, but if you have a million-dollar player and you have them down uh, in the taxi squad for 30 days, uh, kind of early part of the year, so you're setting them down for 30 days, um, the way that cap space accrues, normally that would only be worth about 700 grand that you could add at the trade deadline of, a, of an annual cap hit, but this year that would actually be worth 1.1 million of an annual cap hit you could add at the deadline. So it just shows that um, the days are worth more. The teams, though, that would not benefit from that are teams like the Oilers that will be using LTIR, long-term injury reserve, because when you're using that, cap space doesn't accrue. So saving space today doesn't help you uh, tomorrow. So it's an extra benefit for teams that are actually under the cap and not needing LTIR. Hart, when we had you on a couple times before, we you know, we were sort of debating the merits. All right, well, what if Clefbaum returns? Now we know he's done for the year. Does that make this easier for the Oilers to do the math? It takes off one pressure point. One of the hardest parts of LTIR is if the player comes back, you need to get back under the $81.5 million cap of the annual cap of the roster on that day. So we saw that with Sekera a couple of years ago. When he was coming back, that's that's really why the Oilers had to trade Talbot. They needed to clear they, – they were using his LTIR space while he was hurt, and when he came back, they had to get that roster back down under, um, and so they had to make some moves. And that's really hard to do in season in a normal year – and it's going to be even hard. It would be even harder this year. So by knowing that he's out all year, they know that they're an LTIR team the whole year, and it just takes. Uh, it basically allows them to use almost as much of the of that LTIR pool as they they want to or can, um, without fear that they're going to have be stuck at some point uh, during the year to deal with it. And would this be something they deploy right from the get go of the season? 
Like, because I know before you mentioned, well, no, you want to get right up against it and then use, like, uh, there was some confusion there. So maybe if you can explain that to our listeners. Yeah, so there's two ways to calculate the LTIR pool. And again, the LTIR pool is how much a team can exceed the salary cap when they're using LTIR. So LTIR doesn't make the cap go away. It's not like, you know, free money or anything. It allows you, though, to exceed the salary cap by this pool. And the pool is calculated in two ways. One, if you can be under the cap before you're on LTIR, then the pool is the injured player's cap at minus your cap space. So if the Oilers can send some guys down on um, the, on paper right before the submission of the opening roster, and let's say they can get within $100,000 of under the salary cap, if they then uh, uh, that they submit that roster, if they then officially put Clubbaum on LTIR, the, their pool, of, which is how much they can exceed the cap, will be his $4.167 million cap minus that hundred grand of space. So they would get to use almost his entire cap it as an LTIR pool. They could call the guys back up, and that would be still far less than that pool, and they would have some room to operate. However, if you can't be compliant without using LTIR, then the pool is just how much you're over the cap. So let's just say to start the year, there's no way they could send guys down to get under, and so they have to start the year with him officially on LTIR, and they're only $2 million over the cap, then that's their pool. They're, they only can exceed the cap for $2 million all year year and there's two two issues with that one obviously you've kind of wasted Clubholm has a 4.16 million dollar cap but you've kind of wasted all that two to four million but also if if your pool and how much you it can exceed the cap is how much you're over on that day what happens if you have some short-term guys injured or you want to call someone up you you literally have no room to add any cap it from that point forward so that's not a preferred way to go the preferred way is to try to get cap compliant by as little as possible which sounds kind of funny but you want to be as close to the cap but just under it as possible then you submit that then you put the player on LTIR and the pool is going to be the cap hit minus uh, how much you're under the cap so hopefully we didn't put anyone to sleep you didn't put anyone look the listeners to the show uh, we have we have different degrees of listeners uh, some might use terms P1 P2 P3 for a lot of P1s this is right <laughs> the, the conversation you know involving the wise blats and the Calgary uh, police service officers that's kind of a P2 P3 conversation everybody loves to chime in on that this might be a little bit different, but I'm going to circle back to something you said there. Uh, is there a different mechanism? Here's an example. You know Clefbaum's gone for the year. Now you know you've got basically $4 million in cap space. Does that change perhaps the negotiation uh, perspective on doing a deal with Bear? So, you know, I've said all along, well, you know, unfortunately, Ethan's going to get kind of screwed because of the way the system works, kind of like D'Angelo got screwed with the Rangers a year ago where, he, you know, minutes and point production dictated that he should be making more than, you know, a million bucks a year, but he wouldn't because he didn't have Arbright's. Well, now that you know that you have... That you know, theoretically, four million for Clefbaum, uh, and he's not coming back. Could that allow you to do a three-year deal for a guy like Ethan Bear? Maybe it's a, for the sake of argument, two point seven five million. So let's say it's uh, one point two five million this year, two point five million the next year. What's that? That's three uh, three point seven five and $4.5 million for the third year and gets you to 2.75 cap hit. And now you're bumping up closer and using more of that space right from the get-go. And you're, and, and you're now $4 million over, which would correspond more with the 4.167 on Clefbaum. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, 
you're you're on the right track there. So it certainly opens up the ability to sign Bear for more money, which for you know obviously more years. Um, but really now it's just it's this is the kind of thing that I, I find fun. It's just about putting the puzzle pieces together. So. Uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Bill Scott, the Oilers capologist, and Ken Holland, they need to look at the potential bear contract and figure out what potentially combination of players could they have on the opening roster to either start, um, you know, as close to 4.1 over the cap as possible, or to send some guys down and be as close just under the $81.5 million uh, cap as possible. So you threw out 2.75 for Bears. So let's just let's just use that. Right now, um, with the projected roster for the Oilers, they're about 90 grand over. Okay, if they sign Bear to 2.75, they'll be let's just say 2.8 million over. Okay, that's kind of no man's land, right? That's not a good place to be. But what they could do is for the opening roster, they could send Yamamoto down. He doesn't need waivers. And they could send two guys down like uh, Neil, who's unlikely to get claimed, and maybe Akira, who you know maybe doesn't get claimed. If they were to do that, make those paper transactions, submit that roster with your bare contract for 2.75, they'd be 200 grand under the salary cap. They could submit that. Um, now their pool is 4.16 minus 200,000, so it's 4.14, pretty good-sized pool. Then they, they, they put Klepom on LTR, they call those three back up, and they're only um, you know just about 2.8 over the cap. So now they're over the cap by 2.8, but they can exceed the cap by 4.4. They have a little bit of room to, to move for the rest of the year. So I think when you look at the numbers, you're on the right track. It's like he, he could sign, I would say, in the 2.6 six to two point nine five range and you could do it with just sending those three guys down. If he's signed for less than that, um, you know, let's say two to two and a quarter, you probably do some different combination of players. You know, again, they could do something like send Mike Smith down, call up Forsberg again. It's just Bill Scott and Holland would just have to play with the combination of players. How do you get just under the cap? I think that's the way that they're gonna go is how do we get just under the cap by sending some guys down, put them on, on LTR and then call guys up because that'll give them some room to operate if you just if you start by just being four million over the cap now they can't add any more players if, if someone else gets injured on a short-term basis okay uh can you explain taxi squad and how that might pertain to the uh salary cap 
easiest way to think about it is it's just like the minors. So instead of sending a player to Bakersfield, you're sending them to the taxi squad. Um, they just the taxi squad just happens to practice and and travel and and eat with the team, but it's treated for all purposes like waivers, cap hits, um, like they're in the minors. So if a player needs waivers to go to the minors, like we just talked about, like a uh, Kara, he would need waivers to go to the taxi squad. Um, if a, uh, when you send a guy to the minors, the first 1.075 million of their cap hit is uh, comes off the cap. Uh, anything over that stays on. So a guy like Yamamoto, you could you would bury him completely. He wouldn't have a cap hit on the taxi squad. A guy like Jujar Kara, the difference between his uh, 1.2 and 1.075 would stay on the cap. So exactly like the minors, again, treated it like instead of Bakersfield, it's just this other destination called the taxi squad. But the the strategy that comes into place, and you touched on this earlier, normally a team, you know, you have to have 20 uh, healthy players on your game day roster, but normally a team is going to carry one to three extra guys uh, because in case someone gets hurt or the coach wants to make a change, there's logistics about traveling and getting the players out there. But if the taxi squad is literally right there, right beside them, eating at the same uh, table for lunch, there's really no reason to carry more than 20 healthy guys uh, because if you want to make a change, you just call the guy up right there. Again, the exception would be if you're worried about losing someone on waivers, you're not going to, you know, you may have to carry them on your roster as a scratch just because you don't want to put them on taxi squad and risk losing them on waivers. Or the other one would be like, again, back to the Oilers, if you're in LTIR, you're not accruing any cap space, right? So whether the Oilers, if they have a $4 million uh, pool, whether they're $2 million over or $3 million over, $4 million over, it, it, all, all that matters is that they're cap compliant that day. It doesn't help them in the future. So so for a team like the Oilers, it wouldn't really matter as long as they're under their 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 pool limit. They could carry, they could go right up to that um, with extra bodies sitting around and let them get like the full NHL paycheck. It won't really matter. But we're, what would really matter is, like we talked about back to the beginning, a team that's actually under the cap, they could use, they could just go with 20, keep the extra guards all on taxi squad, and save a bunch of cap space. That would accrue and allow them to save uh, or to add a lot more cap at later in the year. So a team like Minnesota Wild, for example, they could weaponize their cap space. They could go as lean as possible yep. through the first month or two. Now at the deadline, they could add like millions and millions of cap hit um, to, for someone, whether it's a player they want or it's a, uh, they're they're getting paid to kind of take a bad contract. So it, it really benefits these rules with the taxi squad even more benefit teams that can actually be under the cap because they can bank this extra space we're joined by hart levine he's with puckpedia.com bob Stoffer with you in orders now hart what happens what's the delineation if a player gets COVID? does he count on the cap yeah, so I was expecting, and then some agents were really expecting there'd be kind of some special COVID provisions. But all that happens is uh, if if he gets COVID, he counts towards the cap. He does not count towards the twenty three player limit. So if a team okay. had cap room, you know they could they could use that. He the, the only kind of special thing is you can put him right on LTIR. So normally, if it's a like a regular injury, you have to get a doctor's assessment. There's kind of a a process to confirm that it's actually a long term injury. Um, 
with a COVID diagnosis, they just skip all that. Obviously, there's no reason to do that. And so he can go on LT. He's eligible to go on LTIR from the date of his uh, positive test. When you're on LTIR, though, you're you're then stuck there for 10 games in 24 days. So I mean, that's probably what you need to recover from COVID. But um, you know, so that that probably makes sense. So I would just say to to summarize, you get COVID, you're probably just going on LTIR. So you know, you'd still have to do all that math that we talked about trying to maximize the pool and make it all work. Um, that's really only the, the benefit that they gave. There's also some rules around, like, if, t- if you trade for a player or claim a guy on waivers and they have to quarantine, that player, those players still count against the cap, too. So if the Oilers trade for a player from the Kings and now he's in his hotel room in Edmonton for two weeks, he's going to count against the cap. He doesn't mm-hmm. count against the 23-player limit, which, again, for most teams that probably is irrelevant. But So he won't count against the, the roster limit. He'd still count against the cap. So they're basically treating it like a player that you know, had to leave for family reasons or something, um, where they count against the cap, just not against the roster limit. So that's really not super uh, like kind of helpful if teams get into COVID uh, situation. Other than they, they did loosen up a little bit the emergency recalls. So if you have no room to call someone up, but players have COVID, they'll let you call up guys with a cap at up to a million dollars while you have all these guys out. So you could actually kind of be up over the cap or out of compliance with the cap. If guys have COVID um, and you have no room to call them up, they'd let, they would let you call up some emergency guys with okay. a million-dollar cap hit. By the way, Hart, just during this conversation, Tampa Bay has signed Eric Cernak. Different type of defenseman than Ethan Bear, but three-year extension at uh, $2.9 uh, million per year. I mean, I'm thinking of Gavrikov with uh, Columbus getting a three-year deal as well. I think we're headed down the path to a three-year deal. Bear, I just want to mention, if uh, Kara got placed on waivers, it's my belief he would get claimed. Uh, heart. Uh, I've done enough searching out around the league. I think there might be a couple teams that would say "Ah, time for a a new opportunity. Just to close, uh, one final one for you uh, from Puckpedia. Hart Levine joining us. Hart, uh, bonus structure specific to Mike Smith. Is that sort of weighted the same way um, we discussed, uh, you know, uh, weighing how much of a break you would get up and down each day if you were moving guys off the NHL roster back to the taxi roster uh yeah so a couple of things there so the uh, bonuses they don't count until they're actually earned so like mike smith he got a bunch of bonuses from last year but those don't count until you get to the end of the year you see what was earned compare it to the to the final cap hit and the and the um, 81 and a half and any extra is an overage and the oilers have some overage for that so whether he earns bonuses or not this year that's not going to impact them until next year but what's interesting is we heard all this talk that the players were not going to prorate their salaries right that was like the big cry but yeah. they did agree to prorate performance bonuses. So all performance bonuses are prorated by 56 out of 82. Both um, like the stats that you need to achieve the bonus or how many games you need to achieve the bonus, but also how much you get paid. All those bonuses earned are 56 out of 82. So Mike Smith was supposed to get $50,000 um, for, for when he hits 20 games, 25 games, 30 games, etc. Well, now that's all prorated to 34000 for playing 14 games, 17 games, 20 games, etc. So Mike Smith is going to earn less in bonuses because of this. Um, and for the Oilers, mm. that will likely uh, 
help save them potentially a performance uh, carryover bonus. Since the Oilers are going to be in LTR and over the cap, any performance bonus that's earned this year would automatically then be a carryover for next year. So between Mike Smith and Yamamoto, with those uh, bonuses being prorated, that's uh, maybe some help for the Oilers for next year. They'll have a little less carryover. But it's interesting that it's kind of typical of a, of a union. They, uh, the one give was to kind of come at the expense of mostly younger entry-level players with having their performance bonuses prorated. Uh, this text comes in. Holy crap, there's something soothing about listening to somebody talk about something they completely know inside and out. I believe that's a compliment directed uh, your way. So great job. And uh, another Cactus Jack has texted the show to say, uh, not sure this guy would be much fun at a party, but damn, does he know his damn does he know his, his numbers. He's making us all a little bit smarter. Great job, Hart. How do people follow your website? Uh, go to the website, puckpedia.com, follow on Twitter at Puckpedia, and actually just launched a, a new podcast, Show Me the Money Hockey Podcast, and the first episode is out now going through some of this stuff. Awesome stuff. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time, Hart. Thanks. You bet. 154 in Edmonton. That wraps up the uh, Tuesday edition of Oilers Now. Reed Wilkins has inside sports. See, Reed's got the players are skating during the middle of the show. They're over at Nate right now. They're skating during the show. Reed's got Kyle. He had Nugent Hopkins on yesterday. He's got Kyle Turris on. How good is that? Kyle Turris coming up tonight along with uh, Rob Brown, our inside the game analyst on the uh, Oilers radio network. Tomorrow, from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton from the Cult of Hockey. Very popular segment on the show, David Staples. And for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon. Special thank you. Uh, Cody, great job putting the show together. Uh, thank you to all of you who participated. Regardless of the position that you came in, you, you got involved. That's part of the discussion. That's part of what I love. It's great to hear from people texting us and joining us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Up next, 6.30 Chet Afternoons. But not before we get to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.